This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. This is Greg Olson, and I'm thrilled to introduce my new podcast, TE1. TE1 will chronicle a 60-year evolution of the tight end position, from its origins as an obscure, overlooked blocking role to the versatile superstar position that it is today. I'll explore the evolution of the position through conversations with some of the all-time game-changing tight ends. And just like the incredible tight ends we sit down with on my new show, the Chevy Silverado is in a league of its own. This truck is all about grit, strength, and dependability. The same attributes it takes to be a tight end. This episode is brought to you by Lifeway Foods, makers of America's best kefir and our favorite healthy and delicious dairy products. Blue Wire. Let's fuck this shit. It's only game. Why do you have to be mad? Christina, hello. Hello. Oh, my dad just texted me. Incoming text from Glenn who says, Tampa should win on paper, but the Islanders sneak up on everyone. All right, well, podcast over. We're done for the week. Um, we got to get Glenn, like, inside the that's glass. That's the only take we needed. When he's right, he's right. But I actually do not agree with either of those statements. <laughs> this week on Puck Bunnies, which, by the way, welcome to Puck Bunnies. I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. What's up? Uh, this is a sports podcast. This is a podcast about hockey. Um, this week, we got so many great calls from you guys. That we are just going to go, we're going to go around the horn, as I say. I wonder if that's like trademarked because it's an ESPN show. We have to give it another I'm gonna name. bleep it out. <laughs> around the saxophone. So we're just going to go around and we're going to talk, uh, we're going to take your questions. And we are going to start with Grace from St. Louis. Hi, Christina and Audrey. This is Grace calling from St. Louis. Since every single team that I've been rooting for has officially been eliminated, I was hoping that Christina could give me a little help on getting hyped up for the stars for what is hopefully the rest of the playoffs. What narratives should I be watching? Who am I going to be rooting for? Please, I need to root for someone, and I can't stand any of the other teams. Thank you. Bye. Oh, this is a great question. This is made for you. This is made for you. Grace, 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 let me tell you, it's a good time to become a Stars fan. There's never been a better time. I would argue and say that this is the only time it's cool to be a Stars fan. (laughs) Uh, Grace, I need to sell you on this team, and I'm going to do it by pointing at their dorm filled with Nordic players that are all perfectly dressed at all times and have cheekbones that look like they can cut glass and score constantly. Uh, one of my roommates, I sold on the stars a couple of weeks ago because he was like, what's their vibe? What's the makeup of their team like? And I was like, okay, I got this. It's 75% Finnish e-boys, 
And then Corey Perry and Joe Pavelski, who are a thousand years old. And then just like Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan. And Jamie Benn and Tyler Sagan just live to suffer almost, right. which I think is a really fun part <laughs> of the whole stars dynamic. So about every three or four months, the stars go on a five to nine game slid. No problem. Whatever. It happens. And during those skids, the media just like rips both Tyler and Jamie Ben like a new asshole just because like tells them they can't perform. <laughs> it's so cool. And like for good reason because usually yeah. they have stopped scoring. That's actually, you know, been one of the storylines that's going through this season is Tyler Sagan has not been able to score or keep up as fast as he as he used to. So if you want some pathos with your team, you can watch just an interminably old man, Tyler Sagan, who is the same age as me, try one last time for the cup. Here's one that I've been saving. Okay, here we go. This is the first time in his life that Tyler has struggled to score. Hey Thank you. How long have you been sitting on that one, friend? Since you started your sentence. <laughs> it's really unfortunate, honestly. I mean, like, they are saved right now by suddenly developing a defense, which has been really fun because their top line has just sort of disintegrated. They've split up their top line. I know Sagan was on the fourth line or something. Their fourth line isn't really a fourth line. Right, it's like, it's fake. Like the structure is fake, it doesn't matter. Yeah, so it's not like, oh my God, Tyler Seggett's on the fourth line. Tyler Seggett's on the fourth line with Denis Gurianov. I also, when you're playing the Vegas Golden Knights of all teams, I don't think it really matters whether you label a line your first, second, third, or fourth, because with Vegas, all their lines are so strong in very different ways. Mm -hmm. It doesn't really matter who they roll out. And they oftentimes, like in the last series against... Oh, against the Canucks. <laughs> I'm sorry, time is fake. They were they would start their fourth line against the Canucks fourth line and the mm. Vegas fourth line would just like completely dominate them. Right. And it's been really interesting just starting off this series because the first game of the series was last night and that's that's Saturday. Or Sunday, Jesus Christ. I don't know what day it is either. And you could just see the Dallas forecheck just smothering all the shots that they're used to getting. So it's been it's going to be a really interesting series. And they barely scraped out of the last one. I think their series with the Abs was probably the most fun I've had watching in those. Oh, it was great! So it was great! It was so fun. That's why, like last night for me, I was so bored watching last night's game, and also just very tired. You were really tired because it was a really good game. <laughs> I I was not having fun. I t- turned it on right like thirty seconds before John. Klingberg scored the only goal of the night. And what I kind of forgot about the Stars is that they were the second best defensive team in the league Mm -hmm. when we went on coronavirus break. Right. And and it's not like defensive, like how we like to use defensive now by like a defenseman who scores a lot of goals. No, No, they they just smother shots. It's New York Islanders defensive. Can you imagine if they played each other in the final? I'm going to be straight up with you guys. If Uh the Stars play the Islanders... In the Stanley Cup final. I will be quitting. I will not be covering it. Oh, you're, you're done. You're out of it. Christina will be covering the series by herself. And she will just like have to choose new co-host. And you know what? That's fine. Because I will just do your voice. Yes. And just do my Audrey impression. Can we talk about what's his name? <laughs> I literally do not know this guy's name. Who is he? Who's the guy who scored the hat trick in game seven against the Avs? Like, who is that? All right. Yoel Kiviranta, number one, he's older than you think he is, and he also played at the AHL for a really long time. And so he and Dennis really ripped it up the other night, didn't he? He played a couple years for the Texas Stars. He's been bounced back and forth. And so he's just another one of these Finnish phenoms that they happen to, to land on. And he does not speak English. And I think that's great. 
Okay, well, he speaks English, but very clearly, like, has not had a lot of experience, like, speaking speaking to the media. So his post-game interview... It was so cute. ...was so cute a couple of nights ago, because he was like, I just hope they keep playing me. And so your favorite, your favorite guy, Rick Bonus, said, uh, if there's one decision I've made, it's I'm going to keep putting Kibi Ranta out there. He's just such a joyful boy and another reason why you should root for the Dallas Stars because don't you want to see extremely large men from Finland just be really happy to play the game? I I love to see it. My favorite thing about this series is probably the goalie matchup between Anton Kudobin, who is the Stars' backup goalie because Ben Bishop, Big Ben, has been injured. Dick fell off. (laughs) Dick unable to be reattached. I can't even talk about that. So, but he's, you know, been playing out of his mind. He's been doing a really great job. And I think, like, this is one of the reasons that the Stars have um, picked up their defensive game so strongly from where they left off. You like a messy, messy bitches who live for drama, definitely go for the Dallas Stars. Also, this series, I think, out of, you know, the Western Conference and the Eastern Conference is definitely going to be the more dramatic of the two. Like, you have internal drama. You have, like, the Marc-Andre Fleury versus Robin Leonard, who's going to start each night drama with Vegas. You have Brian Reeves, who got suspended for a game for an illegal check, um, coming back for game two after the Stars shut them out. That's been something really interesting that I don't think has been considered in sort of the people who are doing the odds Mm -hmm. of the series is that there's so much goalie drama going on. I think that gives the stars a huge advantage, but I don't know. Right, because they literally have no other choice. (laughs) They are out of options. Well, you know what? If Ben Bishop asks really nicely, I guess Rick Bonus will do whatever he wants for those baby blue eyes. Right. Well, I I mean, who who amongst us? Me! (laughs) Me amongst us! The thing about last night was also Vegas just looked very tired. They did. And that's, I guess, a credit to the Canucks for wearing them down so much in their last series. Fast little boys. boys. The Stars, defensively speaking, are a way stronger team than the Vancouver Canucks, than the Chicago Blackhawks. Right. So this is actually, I I think game one was the Knights being like, oh shit, we have to bring it up another level because we haven't, Mm -hmm. we haven't had to really like play to that, to those strengths the last month. Exactly. Because their defense is just as lethal as their offense. That's the thing about the Stars Mm -hmm. is that, yeah, like they play like the Islanders. But to me, they also have at least one person on each line who's capable of generating some kind of breakout and scoring. Mm -hmm. It's just that you never know who it's going to be. And on some nights, it's not any of them. (laughs) No, sometimes you get scored on five times and that's allowed. It's legal. Hey, Bonnie, it's Justin in Vancouver calling in from the hospital to complain about the fucking ridiculous NHL schedule in this postseason. And I'm not even saying this is the Canucks homer who thinks that, oh, things would have been so different and maybe they would have won the series if, uh, you know, the schedule had just not been so bad. Because obviously Las Vegas played the same schedule that Vancouver did. But how do you make two teams in the Western semifinal? play five games in seven nights, including two different sets of back-to-backs. Oh, suddenly we get to the Western Conference Final and the Conference Finals in general, and the NHL just stops believing in having back-to-back games in the postseason, which they never should have had in the first place because it's utterly ridiculous. It just shows that they didn't care about anything at all along the way as far as entertainment value and quality of product on the ice. All that's mattered to them about this Stanley Cup tournament 
is getting it over with as quickly as possible. And yes, am I bitter my team lost in Game 7 after playing 5-7? and seven? Absolutely I am. Were they utterly gassed and had absolutely nothing in the tank? Absolutely they were. But uh, I'm proud of them. They, they did really well. They're, they're beautiful boys, and I'm very happy with how far they went. I'm just utterly livid with the league for being so ridiculous in the scheduling and, and really demonstrating that they don't care about anything but NBC TV money and getting this over with as fast as possible. Anyways, love you both. Hope you're well. Bye. Can you guys tell Justin that the Canucks lost because they didn't play very well, not because of the schedule? Thanks. Thank you very much, Justin and Jackson, for <laughs> calling in. That beautiful diptych for us. Thank you so much. I love much. picturing Justin just, like, lying in his hospital bed, just screaming <laughs> into the phone, and everybody else in the hospital room just having to listen. Yeah, this was a really unfortunate twist for the Canucks. Am I convinced that they would have won the series if it had still been a regular schedule? No, but I'm willing to hear arguments. See, I'm on your side too. That to me doesn't sound like a reason. That sounds like an excuse. Spiritually, I am breaking the other leg. That's right. You're going to be in the hospital for a little bit longer. Look forward to your calls, Justin. But anyway, I, I think it's that is sort of the perennial excuse for when you're so excited because the team is outperforming uh, your expectations. And so you want them to shoot all the way. A lot of people are going to point to like the back-to-back games. Well, also, we all do it. We're psychologically wired to do this right. as sports fans. I don't think that this did not have a role in why they lost in Game 7. I absolutely think that they they looked exhausted. The Knights didn't look great either in Game 7. But it goes back to what we were talking about, which is that the Knights just have... The reason why they're so good is that they have so much depth and so much secondary Mm -hmm. scoring. And the Canucks do not. Their bottom six compared... If you compare the Canucks' bottom six... They really don't. Just like, God bless them. Jay Beagle. Um, Hell yeah. Next to the Vegas bottom six. It's just incomparable. And so, of course, you're going to be exhausted because you have to keep rolling out like Quinn Hughes oh, and Chris Tanev are playing a full 60 minutes a night. Your stamina is not going to last as long. Brain Point just scored. Wow. Who could have imagined? The sun rises in the east and sets in the west and Braden Point scored. What do you think of him? What's what's your vibe on Braden Point? <laughs> what's my vibe on Braden Point? I, wait, let me look at his deal. Because I think he took like a really... He's on a bridge deal, I think. No, they signed him in last fall. Three or wow. $20 million. Pretty decent. That's about what Matthew Kachuk got at Calgary. But he's he's so good. The other thing that I would say about the Canucks series was, okay, well, two things. The first thing is that it was on too late. And the second thing is that I don't think Travis Green did a bad job, but I do think the Canucks were outcoached. Peter DeBoer, I was reading about like his record in all the game sevens and the playoffs that he's been to in his career. He's the first coach in league history now to win his first five game sevens. Would you say he's Mr. Game 7? <laughs> Why do we call Justin Williams Mr. Game 7 when Pete DeBoer is out here? But he's also, okay, if they win the next round, it will be the third time he has brought a different team to the cup finals in his first year coaching them. 
Okay, father status. So the move is hire Peter DeMore for one yes. year. <laughs> it's like a horrible genie that comes to you. All right, I'm awful. Your goalie situation is going to get really messy, but I'll get you to the Western Conference Final. Christina, this morning I went for a run. It was like 6.30 in the morning. It's early September, perfect running weather in DC. But the thing about running is that I hate it. Oh yeah. I actively hate it. I don't like it and I don't think I'll ever like it. So a lot of what I have to do to get myself to get up early and go running is um, reward myself with a treat afterwards. And the treat that I have been looking to lately has been Lifeway Keeper. Really good post-workout treat. It has 11 grams of protein per serving and it comes in all these different flavors. The one I've really been enjoying after I work out is mixed berry. The coconut's also really good. And it really just helps you recover after you work out. I'm someone who obviously does not do a lot of working out at 6.30 in the morning, but I can say that it's a perfect drink even if you're not gonna be working out because it keeps you full. I have to do the heavy lifting in my brain and I do that exclusively <laughs> with coconut flavored kefir from Lifeway. It is delicious. It tastes like a pina colada. It's wonderful. Please go try it. If you wanna learn more about Lifeway Kefir, you can go to www.lifewaykefir.com to find stores that stock it near you. Okay, we did get one more text that says... Hi, Christina and Audrey. Laura here. There's been a lot of injuries in these playoffs. I guess that's what happens when you have playoffs after a four-month break. With that in mind, if you had one injury reversal card that would automatically heal a player and get him back into the game, who would you use it on? I know my answer. Lay it on me. Mark Shifley. Oh. I think they would have gone a little bit further if they that's had That's nice. And he, like, really fucked up his life. I know. I know. And also, that just would have been nice for him. (laughs) I know. I love him. Now that I'm dating a Pisces, I now have to respect all other Pisces I come across. Pisces men. Because they're beautiful little flowers. Here's some other Pisces men for you. Brock Besser. Makes sense. And. Listening to Young and Beautiful at the beach. On the plane back to Minnesota. (laughs) And Travis Konechny. Also makes Uh a lot of sense. He must have some Aries in him. We got both ends of the spectrum there. I feel fucking bad for Travis. Travis had a rough time. It's hard for me to talk to Audrey about hockey right now because I'm all like jacked out on my team going well. And every single one of my boys has gone home. That's the other thing that I actually got a little bit mad online about is I understand that a lot of the teams with a lot of natural charisma. Natural charisma. You don't get to call the Dallas Stars First of all, imagine saying that any NHL team, period, has natural charisma. No, no, no. What what they have is is like a weird, some teams are better than others at- Cultivating an aura. Yes, or giving you enough to project on. And I think the Flyers have really just nailed it with the projection machine because wow. Broad Street Bullies, baby. But anyway, I think I should get to be happy while everyone else is sad. I think that's just fair. Let's talk a little bit about the Islanders and the Lightning right now, because my player that I would bring back from the dead is Steven Stamkos. Oh, yes. He can slay the beast. I think it's also would be really sad for them to win the Eastern Conference Finals when he hasn't played in a game since February. 
Mm-hmm. I don't know what's going on there. He had surgery at the beginning of March, and his estimated recovery timeline at that point was six to eight weeks. And then in July, when they went back to training camp, he like was participating in training camp, but not really fully. And here we are almost two months later, and he has not played in a game yet. It's a real bummer. Especially considering the fact that what they went through last year and how disappointing that was... I would hate to be in his position where, like, he's captain and he's not able to play and his team is making a real run for it. That would suck. Do you remember off the top of your head what he got surgery on? They say it's like a core muscle, so probably something in his groin or um, shoulder or something. So I did just look this up to confirm and he had an undisclosed lower body injury and then had core core muscle surgery in March, (laughs) which is great because if you start googling steve stamkos injury you, the second result is just what's going on with steven stamkos <laughs> just in general what the fuck's up with this guy where did he go that sucks his dick literally did fall off we gotta stop saying that game one of islanders lightning is starting right now as you said brain point score the sun rises in the east the sun sets in the west I am hoping that this series is going to be more riveting than Islanders Flyers was. I think the problem was is Ab Stars were just too much fun and we were spoiled. We were spoiled. It's going to be interesting to see the Lightning who have had a full week off. They're the only team mm-hmm. in the league that's left in the bubble that's had a full week off to see how they regroup. I would love to see someone do some sort of analysis on how much time off between playoff series is optimal for a team. I'm very curious about that because I feel like a week, that's almost too long. This is also like kind of Greek mythology-esque in that, oh, of course, to reach the finals, the Lightning are going to have to play a team that is structured defensively really strong and is really smothering like the Blue Jackets were last year. There's something (laughs) kind of, there's some karmic retribution that I think they're after, which again is a reason why I wish that Stamkos wasn't injured right now. And the Islanders, I mean, we've talked about their defense a whole lot, but their goaltending depth has also been really impressive. Like Varlamov and Grice are both really, really, really good. And they're like, Mm -hmm. they're starting Grice tonight, which is a a lot to say about like, okay, we're going to start our backup goaltender game one of the finals, but they're so good at closing out games. What do you mean by closing out games? So that means that they, in the third period, they've outscored opponents 22 to 7 in the third period. Holy shit. And I mean, that's why they were so good against the Caps, is because like the Caps love to play one period of complete hockey, and you never know which period it's going to be. And with the Islanders, Mm -hmm. you always know that even if they play like shit in the first and second, they're going to be really good in the third. The Islanders are so frustrating for me because on paper, they seem like a team that I would be super nerdily interested in just because it seems like they have really gotten all this down to a science. But I hate all their faces. (laughs) I don't like any of their faces to begin with. So I have been trying to learn their names and stuff and I just can't. You got Matt Barzal. Matt Barzal punished Punished Matt Barzal Barzal after the last two games. Good Lord, he really went through it. He got hit in the face with a puck. He got hit in the face with a puck during warm-ups of game seven. And he's just gushing blood out of his eye later in the game. He just looks like some beautiful model who just got mugged or something like that. Like, he does not look good. He's in some sort of modeling campaign that they were like, no, we're going to make you look post-apocalyptic. And just gave him a black eye. (laughs) 
Again, I, I don't like their energy. That's all it comes down to, which is a super, super scientific thing to say. Christina says the vibes are off. Audrey says, I'm willing to give the vibes one last shot. So would you root for them in the no. final? <laughs> oh, okay. Not that much of a shot. <laughs> right. We have to have standards. If it was, say, oh my God, in an alternate universe, in a different timeline, if it was like the Stanley Cup Finals 2020, the New York Islanders versus the San Jose Sharks... I almost might have to go with the Sharks in that one. because I would be all in on the Islanders, but that's just me. So that's how the cookie freaking crumbles. All right. I have one last text for you. And it's mm-hmm. from Juan in DC who says, hi, bunnies. Would either of you trade the other to a different hockey podcast? If so, which one and for what? Um, I have dreams about this every <laughs> night. I shouldn't call them dreams. They are nightmares. Uh, every couple of months, I'll text Audrey and be like, Audrey, are you going to leave the podcast because your job is so important and you're so cool? And then she goes, no. no. <laughs> and I go, are you, you promise? And she says, yes. Only if it's Islanders stars in the final. I think that like, I could fix Spit and Chicklets. If you get me in there, if you get me in the room, I'm going to help those boys out one way or another. If we're trading you to Chicklets, <laughs> You get the I don't guy. want I oh if I get RA like that's fine I can make that work yeah but I don't really want you to do that wait what if we just both went on uh, call your daddy we just revived it. call your mother call your daddy call her daddy I mean there's a vacancy I'm pretty sure <laughs> we should apply I will not be doing that I will not <laughs> I don't think I would be a good fit. But I wouldn't want to trade anybody here if I, like, went to, like, too many men or something like that. No. no. Like, I would still want us to all hang out. We would both have to go. It would just be incorporating our two franchises into one. Perfect. One (laughs) mega franchise. Well, speaking of trades, I want to just point out one thing that I think is very funny. Montreal now has $15 million of their cap space tied up in goalies. (laughs) Well, you think goalies are very important. (laughs) Has this changed your mind? This is just a dumbass move to me. Jake Allen's Jake great, but like that's fifteen million dollars. The Blues boat sailing up to Montreal. I'm gonna go give the Islanders one more chance. This is my talk. My me toxic too. trait is that I keep giving the Islanders chances. You know, it takes an average of seven times to disown a team <laughs> before you really do it. <laughs> If you would like to call in for our next episode this week, you can do that at 774-318-6952. You can follow the podcast on Twitter at PuckBunnies underscore pod. Also on Instagram at PuckBunniesPod. Please rate and review the show on your platform of choice. We love it when you do it. We love to see it. We read them. We do. And also they like, you know, the people we work for read them too. So that's also nice. You can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash puckmoneys. Until next time, I'm Audrey. I'm Christina. And this has been Puck Bunnies. Bye, guys. Bye.
Seven. <laughs> 